And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. So, this is officially our second podcast, entering into the, what now, like, fourth day overall of uh, to Endgame? Something, something like that. You uh, know? I'm just doing simple math. Two, two movies plus two movies equals four. It's not. <laughs> Alright, Thomas, whenever you can learn how to integrate, then you can come at me again. Whenever you understand how to calculate the long overhead blood cell using Taylor's expansion... <laughs> I'm back telling to you, Thomas. I will. <laughs> All right, that's 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 a story for another time, folks. Um, <laughs> well, we just finished uh, <laughs> watching um, Iron Man and the Incred- Inten- and the Incredible Hulk, or at least Did you almost say Nintendo. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Incredible Hulk, um, 2008 film. In addition to the other 2008 film, was it nine? Well, Eh, eh, technicalities. Doesn't matter, we're watching it, MCU, order, not release date order. We gotta say, we gotta say this right, Thomas, you're not just gonna, you're not just gonna spew out random numbers out there, it's like, you gotta, you gotta, Thomas, what have we talked about? Commitment, alright? Gotta follow through with things. Something you seem to have a problem with. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) You know what? Anyway, um, yeah, so... Uh, no, it was really... So, we're just going to kick it off. Um, something that I did come to realize, though, after like going back and actually watching the first Iron Man movie with you is Tony Stark's personality. Okay. I think it's really interesting. Because the Tony Stark that we know now is 2008, nothing. by the way, for Iron Man. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. So, the day came out the same year. Um, but something I noticed like looking back at it is that Tony Stark had a completely different personality... Or I should say that Robert Downey Jr. portrayed Tony Stark almost completely differently back when I first started, as opposed to now. Um, I'm assuming you've also seen the, like recent MCU movies with you know like maybe like recent Avengers movie or okay. So yeah, so you have um, Tony Stark is like a lot more just cocky. I mean, are you saying back in Iron Man? Yeah, like, like he he okay. still has his his uh, his core, you know, his center, so to speak, but. Uh, his demeanor is different. He's more witty, like, um, definitely more carefree, without a doubt. Oh, he yeah. I feel like he yeah. has a whole weight of, of the world on his shoulders. And, uh, he actually reminds me a little bit about you. Um, oh, so I, I would love to, to, you know, draw some, uh, parallels. I'm gonna eat my Cheetos let you talk for a bit. <laughs> no, um, actually I thought it was, you know, just, just from the beginning of the movie, whenever, you know, you see Tony, um, in Afghanistan... And just getting blown to bits and seeing his own, like, technology just right in front of them just, like, blowing up. While he's under the illusion, right, under the impression that he's doing this, you know, to, um, for the better of the country. For the better of the United States. Because, you know... Is he, though, at that point? I mean, but that's... Okay, but, like, that's why he did them, per se. Like, didn't they... Wasn't that stated... In the beginning of the movie, like, it was the same thing with uh, his father, you know, helped out, was a scientist, was a lead scientist in the United States and its military operations. So, I mean, I, I would like to think that even though Tony was, you know, like, I guess you could say, you know, the shift in his character, in order for that shift to have occurred, he has to have some sort and some sense of morality where, oh yeah, well, I'm doing things for the greater good because, you know, good and evil perspectives right so if you think you're doing a good thing then or if you think you're doing a bad thing then why are you doing it at all unless there's another you know another reason for it well of course for profit but do you really think he was driven for profit in the beginning 
Yeah, I mean, give or take, you know, they were doing, like, a whole montage where he literally made his own circuit board by, like, four, so. Yeah. And then his own ended by six. But, no, I mean, granted, he also didn't understand they were double-dealing. I just, I'm very curious to know that if uh, the the coup or, you know, Obadiah staying, turning on Tony or, you know, whatever, if he was not captured, then would he still have the same thought process and would he still have had that character development? Or, furthermore, if he did not meet, um, fuck, I already forget his name. I'm pretty sure it's, uh... Oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. The uh, scientist in the... In the yeah, if he, did, if he didn't meet him, then would he still have felt the same way? Did you him up? Yes, I am just, uh... Yeah, I was about to actually suggest that. But, no, because I, I don't know. I don't think Tony would have, um, would have ever had that awakening in it. Moment. Well, I mean, it's kind of like um, Jensen. Oh, thank you. Yes, Jensen. Um, well, you also have to think like um, also uh, referring to a, a DC movie. Oh, thank you, buddy. Um, what was it? Uh, laughing joke? Or no, not the fucking laughing joke. The uh, killer joke? joke. Killing joke. Thank you. Thank you so much. The killing joke. Uh, the whole concept that Joker brings up one bad day could lead you to insanity. Do you think that? Like, um, applies here. Just because of that one event, or a series of events, you really think that wouldn't have triggered him to, you know, per se, do the right thing? Damn, I'm not gonna lie, you got me on that one. <laughs> no, no, m- m- most definitely. The mind is, uh, can be a very fragile thing, and all it takes is a gentle tip sometimes to tip it over the edge. But, um,. I don't know, like that, uh, as we were watching, I remember that you were saying that, um, you know, after he went to go buy Tony Time, and he ran in with a machine gun looking like an actual terrorist. (laughs) 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 Against terrorists. That's the real way to fight terrorism, with terrorism. Um, but no, after he he laid down his life, and Tony found him in in the cave bleeding out, essentially... Like, you, I remember, like, seeing your reaction, even hearing you say, you know, the weight of that line, the oh, weight of that yeah. moment between them was immensely powerful. Um, he said, don't waste it, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life, yeah. And I feel like ever since then, I, I think he's he's carried that. Like, even though it's not fully, you know, announced in any of the other films, and, mm-hmm. it, you know, PTSD is shown through, you know, the Avengers movie and the other things that he's had to deal with, especially after Infinity War, you know, with, with losing uh, Tom uh, Spider-Man, you know, Peter Parker... I think he still carries that, like, with him. Like, everywhere he goes, like, saying, don't waste his life. Because ever since that moment, ever since that day, like, he's... I mean, with the exception of Iron Man 2, but he was also dying again. Of course, yeah. Um, he really wasn't wasting it. He was trying to make the world a better place, and he kept on improving himself, his suits. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he even branched off with the Avengers and just restarted again. So. Which, you know... Like you were saying, you know, it's just the weight of that quote, or the weight of that line, I should say, where he really hasn't wasted his life, and, like, I feel like he has carried that on throughout the rest of the cinematic universe. And just, like, how, like, if you, like, um, you think about it, you know, Stark just, um, I guess you could compare him to, like, um, uh, Steve Jobs. Right. Interesting. So, well, like, let me put it like this. Steve Jobs, CEO of Apple, right? Okay. Say he was put in a similar situation, um, gets trapped, like, you know, in a cave, whatever. And, you know, has to deal with terrorists, um, ends up getting out alive and everything, and Steve Jobs changed the world. 
you know, what Justine mentioned of, like, Apple products and just, like, the company, the same thing with, with uh, Tony. He, you know, in a much larger sense, he, you know, if it hadn't been for Tony, like, the world would have been fucked, essentially, several times over. And, like, even now in Endgame, leading up to Endgame, you know, um, a few fan theories, right, saying that Strange had to keep Tony alive just so that um, they could end up winning. That's why he gave up the time stone. But then also the other theory that you brought up, which is that's an, that's for Infinity War. Oh <laughs> no, I feel I feel like the, <laughs> the episode for Infinity War is at least gonna be two hours at minimum. Well, I mean, we could always be like you know break up in a second. <laughs> I, I I'd hope that's what we do, man. I'm I'm again trying to keep it under an hour. Of course, of course. Fine. Yeah. I, I, if, if if granted, if anybody is listening, I got that right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would fall asleep during an hour, like a two hour podcast. I already have trouble with one hour podcast oh, as it is. Man. Like I normally get like thirty forty five minutes in. I'm just like, oh, you know, I'll save this last fifteen minute bit for later, like as I'm walking to another class or something. But, you know, it's all good. I I could never make a podcast over an hour. I would kill myself. <laughs> no, and um, actually, um. So what was one of the things that you could say uh, parallel with uh, me and Tony that you you think? Oh, you really want to go there? Yes, I really want to fucking go there. Oh, I mean, you guys are just bachelors. Man, you got ladies going left and right. I beg to differ. <laughs> I'm just going to sip my coffee. For those of you that don't know, Chris is a little, um... He's, he's not a player. You know, he's, he's still a good guy. But, um... I would say he's a little oblivious when it comes to certain things about women. Such as how they just stumble for him. Whenever he walks into a door. I don't know what you're talking about, Tom. Sorry, not walks into a door, walks through the door. My bad. If you walk into a door, they'd be laughing. Not, not. <laughs> hey, they say comedy's the way to a woman's heart. Maybe you're just really funny. Maybe, maybe that's why. That, I think that's what it is. You know, I just think I'm just the funniest guy on the planet. You know, like, me me and Kevin Hart are just up there, right? I could, you know, just right there. I'm, Kevin Hart's black and funny. You're not. <laughs> Um, also, just to just to clarify, um, we go to an HBCU, but yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel like we're the most. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't say we're the most. Um, no, we're, we are like the most misfit. I'm a white boy. I mean, misfit without a doubt. No, but like I, I I can't say that we are like the like most um, unconnected to. The HB, to the HBCU culture, like I mean, you at least you're look more the culture than me, and you're Mexican. I mean, you look the part. <laughs> you call me a daywalker, is what you're saying. No, I, I mean, Thomas is the whitest black guy I know. I mean, that's that's very accurate. I'm not going to shoot that down and, in any way, shape, and or form. And I'm over here, you know, just... I, I feel like a few people refer to me as chink sometimes, but, uh, you know, that's all right. Chink. Uh, yeah. What does that mean? Uh, you know, like a, like an Asian... I can see you. Yeah. So, I mean... You look like one of those guys off of Brawlhalla. Oh, so, yeah. That's that's me. I can swing around a scythe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I mean, with me, I'm just... I'm just a white boy trapped in a black man's body. That's about it. I mean... Yeah! I was yeah. adopted, raised by white parents. That's not... Yeah, this is... <laughs> this is... The whole song from Aladdin, I... Whole new world. Oh, that's that's what I've been feeling the entire time here. So, 
No, which which is why, you know, I thought coming to an HBCU would be nice, you know, experience a different culture, you know. Uh, being raised by a, a single mother eating tacos every day is nice. You know, it's the life. And delicious. Magically delicious. Oh, man. <laughs> it's fantastic, but, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, burgers and pizzas that have just been frozen, you know, it's just great. You know, cafeteria food's fantastic, Thomas. I would not give it up for anything in the world. No. Why are you consciously lying to our, our viewers? <sighs> no, ramen's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you saying that because I looked the part, Thomas? I'm not calling you fat. That's a fair. Nah, it doesn't. I guess so. <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. All right, oh, you should be. All right, so you think that just because that I have a oh wait, have you seen um what was it uh um girlfriends of uh girlfriends past something like that? Oh yeah, yeah no no yeah, I'm you know what I'm talking about, right? Um. Yeah, you remember the main character too. Oh, you're so hilarious. Oh, Thomas, <laughs> I don't want love. Fuck off. I don't need it. Now listen, ladies, I'm gonna have to, look, I have no ill will towards you, which is why I'm doing this at the same time. Alright, it's over. But thank you. It's been it's been a wild journey. Um, <laughs> with that, I'm gonna have to bid you adieu. <laughs> Click. <laughs> which I will say, um, my love my perspective on love has changed and not just romantic love. Which is what I was referring to when I told you that. If you Just decide to confess your gay love for me on this podcast, I want you to know it's over between us. <laughs> I mean, considering you've touched my dick more than I have yours. All right, then. That's yeah, just that's just that on the internet now. Well, what true. do you mean that's not true? The amount of times you just come up, oh, hey, Chris, just... Thank you for clarifying that, because that looked like... That sounded like rape. Oh. It... <laughs> Thomas doesn't rape me, by the way. Yeah, so I don't thought. rape him. We just what? wrestle sometimes. Stop. Stop, please stop. Moving forward. <laughs> was it getting too awkward for you, Thomas? Come on, we, we gotta keep this real, Morty. No? Is, that, is this not I real enough for you? Shut No, never mind. <laughs> as you, as you were. <laughs> no, but, um... See, like, the, the thing that... Okay, I can see where you connect that... Par- where you can draw that parallel, but the thing with Tony is that he actively looks for it, whereas I... It kind of just happens. I, I yeah, really... I mean, next thing I knew, my drawers were down, and my penis just ended up in her vagina. Like, I don't know how it happened. I just fell into the vagina, you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but no, Chris Chris is a really good person. I just like busting his drops. He's, he's actually really good with women. He's, he's not like a lady killer or anything. Like I don't that. understand it. But continue, what are, what are other parallels besides the whole womanizer thing? Oh no, that was it. Oh, that was. That, oh, that you was just that, that you just literally just said that just to that, fuck with the me the entire. Hair. The, the facial hair. hair. I have a goatee. That's. Tony does in the comics from time to time. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like honestly, you're like the Mexican version of Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only if I could make a fucking arc rate. Oh, 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 man. The only part that throwing me off is that you have like the Bieber haircut. The Bieber haircut. Yes, you have like like a, a Justin like, Bieber haircut. Yes, you have a Justin Bieber haircut. I don't think you understand, Thomas. Like when I was in the fifth grade, that's what I had—a just straight up bowl cut. I don't know how this man was just so sufficient, so expertly just like attuned to the weight of the scissor that he just had just a straight line all the way across. My brother has the same haircut. I think it's hilarious. My mom thinks that's cute, but neither here nor there. 
Um, oh, I'm very curious now. <laughs> very, very curious. Alright. Anyway. But, um... Okay. Well, how do you think, um... Do you think that the um, dynamics between Tony and... What was the other... His partner in the... Uh, Rhodes. Or Rhodey. Rhodes. No, not Rhodes. Um, the... Um, what partner? The, in the In the C... Or the... For Pepper, the company. Pepper Potts? No. Partner in the... Oblast oh, State? Yes. Okay, what about him? Um, do you think that that's always been there? The hatred that he had for Tony? Like, because... Oh, no. No, 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 no. That, that was... Um, I don't. I don't want to say because that that is actually interesting. If you bring that up, like, why would Obadiah like turn on Tony if he you know thought of him as a son, etc. Yada yada. But I, I would say you also have to think of like it never really explicitly states like what the relationship between his father and Obadiah's hands. Well, I only bring it up because you. Know. I feel like it'd be it'd be carried. It would be um. Uh. Malice carried over. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because I think that's what it is. You know, like a sense of the father's past or whatever. Because I mean, like knowing Howard Stark, I mean, yeah, he he had his flaws, but I I never pictured him as like a you know bad person. Of course, no. And you know, he died early. Uh, yeah. Left Tony all alone. Obadiah's name was practically like a, a guardian at that point. Yeah. And which is, I'm actually disappointed they never really touched on that. Even if it was just like a, like a ten second one shot or a flashback of like you know, like, a good and bad moment between Obadiah Stan and Tony, like, it would have given us a clearer picture. But, yeah, like, I, I would uh, just say, excuse me, I would just say that money and greed. Um, and then you gotta think well, that technically Tony has more, more stake or hold or power over the company, whatever you want to call it. And they've been doing this for how long? And then suddenly you just say that you're, you're basically gonna make this guy bankrupt. Because yeah. you're shutting down every single thing that's making this man money. So, yeah, I mean, I would say maybe he's like Parsi, carry over malice, uh, greed, corruption, and uh, that those are the, the three main things that I think I can't really think of other reasons why that would happen. Well, interesting. I, I don't know too much about, like, I mean, I've read comics before and everything, but I don't know enough about Obadiah Stane or the Iron Monger specifically, comic-wise, okay. to draw that parallel. I'm sure they definitely address it on the comics. Because I remember in the... In the end, Enough whenever he is, huh? <laughs> um, I remember in the end of the um, of the movie, whenever he was fighting against Tony, and he was saying, you know, twenty years we've been doing this for twenty years, um, built this company from the ground up, and you just come in, and I've uh, I forgot what else he said, but take it all away or something along those lines. Yeah. But I just thought it was. I just wanted to see your take on that. Just after, because I mean, also you have to think like Tony was gone for like what three months in Afghanistan. I think they said. I think that's what they said. Like, oh yeah, you were gone for like three months or something. Uh, That's right. So you just like time skips. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like, I feel like who would have had to taken over the position of CEO at that point? Pepper Potts and Obadiah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Obadiah definitely would have. But my my curiosity is like, I think it's like the more so like the double dealing part. Uh, cause you, you know, he, a big part was like, oh, you can't be that naive. Uh, he's like, well, I must have been that naive when we started this, I would be double dealing. Um, I don't know, Abadiah State was definitely, like, a good villain, especially, like, for, for an origin story. I just, yeah. 
that I'd have to do more research because they got me got me very curious, and I'll readdress it <coughs> in the next podcast to, to answer some questions. But honestly, like that, that drew a blank for me. And granted, that the MCU again is, is still different from from the comics. Iron Man comics are things that were a touch and go for me. I would read them here and there, but I never kept up with them. Like you know, with like Spider Man or you know any like a, a Captain America, Spider Man, Avengers. You know, I never really wasn't really that big of a thing. <coughs> um, Which, how do you think um, that was to start off the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, it was perfect. And, really, you, know, you think so? Well, yeah. I mean, like granted, like we, we you know we addressed it in our last podcast, but the the way that Marvel specifically went about it, they they really did it perfect. I think that they could have adjusted their timeline just a little bit differently because again, we have to watch everything in different order. But the flow was good. And it, it all interconnected. And honestly, they, they couldn't have started it off with a better actor. I think yeah. your, your, your opening day, you know, your, your, the persona that you portray, like, your, your secondary face of Marvel, honestly, Robert Downey Jr. did a perfect job. Like, there is no, just like with Hugh Jackman, there is no one better for Wolverine, just as there is no one better for Iron Man yeah. than Robert Downey Jr. And the same thing with Chris Evans, like, it's... They're, they all have these iconic characters that have, oddly enough, been given a second chance. Uh, I mean, I, I think that Chris Evans was a good actor. Some people were calling him a washed-up actor, so to speak. That his movies were only, like, partially successful. Again, I, I disagree with that, but <coughs> that's for a different, that's for a different uh, conversation. And then, you know, Robert Engine was on drugs. He, he was going through a time. Like, went to, he, he was just really spir- on a downward spiral. And... This but Iron Man was his was his last chance. Basically, like that was his last chance, and he was didn't only Tony Stark as a character was only reborn, but he as a person was also reborn. Uh, I would definitely feel like. <clears throat> and uh, an interesting parallel that I can draw between that is that Chris Pratt was talking about how in Guardians of the Galaxy two, when they were going to Ego, and he had that interaction with his father that started off great, but then ended up turning you know bad and. You know, basically found that, hey, uh, by the way, your father's internal, and he's going <laughs> to not wipe out the human race, but he's going to control it, and if anyone dies in the process, so be it, because, you know, I'm a god, fuck that. It's just kind of like, eh, not, not really cool, man. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> that's not perfectly balanced as all things should be, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so... Chris Pratt had said that that actually helped him personally through some father issues that he had. Interesting. Okay. Yes, and he actually contact like got in contact with his father later. It was either that or coping with something before his death. I can't remember the the exact thing. I'm sure you'll find it here in a bit. But um, I w- I would draw that to to uh, Downey Jr. having the same the same thing. You know, if this man can. Not be a, a exact necessarily a toxic person, but not be the best person, and still come out on top. You know what? What better way for me? And furthermore, interesting thing that we did learn about Robert Downey Jr. is that he, like the his whole or a big or I shouldn't say a big part, but part of why he was done with the drugs and was trying to start anew was that he went to Burger, yeah, Burger King, and had a burger that oh, was yeah. that was just absolute shit. And literally made him rethink his life and throw all of his drugs into the water. So. Do you do you really think that Burger King's like? Come on, really? 
You're really gonna bash on Burger King like that? Yeah, I'm totally bashing on Burger King. Oh, okay. Like, right, as, this, as this a is, kid. Sorry, but this is a side tangent, but like, be- best um, fast food burger. Best fast food burger? Yes, best fast food burger. Because if you're really, because you can't really say like, you know, restaurant type burger, because that's that's a whole different like other ball game, my friend. But like, no. Fast food burger. Best fast food burger right now. This decides our friendship, Thomas. Oh, this is... <laughs> Marvel GC, Chris, this decides our friendship. <laughs> um... You're really gonna do me like that while making my coffee? Like, that's... Yeah, I really am gonna do you like that. Alright. Um, asshole. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got, um. You know what? Well, they had the best chicken nuggets, so I don't know if I can really say that. <laughs> and, and technically, Red Robin is considered like. Uh, it's considered a uh, restaurant, so. It technically is. Uh, I'd go with Wendy's. No, I okay. Ooh, uh, I go with Wendy's or Arby's. Okay. Technically, I think Wendy's has the best fries. And, okay, McDonald's has the best fries. Wendy's has the best chicken nuggets. <laughs> oh yeah. And um, like sandwich fries, I, I love. I'm a sucker for for Arby's. But uh, I would say Wendy's. Wendy's is a solid go-to for me. I say they have the best food. All right, all right. That's that's a decent choice. I'm I'm gonna give you that one. Um, I would debatably say um. Sonic. Oh, okay. Debatably say Sonic. I mean, Sonic is really good, but I really go there for their wings. Never had their wings. Are you serious? Yeah, How I've do never you go to Sonic wings. and their, their biggest promoted thing is wings? How do you know? I felt like their biggest promoted things were always hot dogs. I don't always see commercials about no, hot dogs. No, technically their biggest promoted thing are the icing that you can get, followed yeah. by the wings, then followed by the hot dogs. But, you know, fuck their hot dogs because the only person <laughs> get a good hot dog is up in New York. So that's a different story. <laughs> Okay, but sorry. Side tangent. Um, but back to what we were saying. You were saying about oh, how um, <laughs> how he was having uh, father problems with ego, right? And then yes. that eventually ended up helping him out with his own paternal problems. Well, I think it was an Instagram quote that you ended up sharing with me, or a post on Instagram, my bad, saying how even though they're made up, even though they're made up and they're fictions, or they are fictions of oh, imagination. Yeah, they no. are still heroes <clears throat> to me, and I still look up to them, or something along. No, no, no that that basically is what I was saying. So, yeah, that's definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. So, for those of you that don't know, I have, uh, I mean, I'm not telling you to follow me, but if you did, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's why I'll, you plug in the handle, my friend. The, the little at thing that's, that's that's what I'm talking about subscribe everybody subscribe no that's not oh my god no I'm saying okay I know I know where are they gonna follow you Thomas at all lowercase the winter underscore soldier that's that's how much of a fucking nerd I am ah uh, so face only a mother can love damn alright I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get back, get back, back for that get like, your hands <laughs> off me missed this one well, continue where you're still first. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I did, I did a couple. I did. I was trying to do tributes uh, to Marvel characters, especially when Infinity War came out. And you know, people out there always try to hate on comics, or even hit on Stan Lee and say, uh, you know, this is this is a bullshit business. You know, you're you're wasting your time, wasting your life. Just a lot of a lot of negative, toxic even things. That I, I just don't think that an older generation or parents fully understand about comics as a whole. Um, one quote that I want to bring up by Stan Lee is that he said, I used to be embarrassed 
because I was just a comic book writer, while other people were building bridges or going on to middle school careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might not, they might go off the deep end, and I feel that if you're able to entertain, you're doing a very good thing. Uh, the weight of that quote alone holds a lot of significance to me. <clears throat> it's, it's true. First off, it's very true. I mean, if we don't have joy, happiness, some form of entertainment, and the best part of entertainment is that you can incorporate all, all these, they don't even have to be hidden, all these messages into it. With Civil War, you honestly are in a way depicting the pros and cons of government in addition to Democrat and Republican views. Yes. And, <clears throat> you know, it's all about, you know, at, at what point is it okay to disobey or even break the law? I mean, you know, it's something so big and pertinent, especially to instill upon little, like, younger children. I mean, that, that's something that they'll have to put together and think about eventually. <clears throat> and that, that's just a really, really big important part to me. Well, I'm trying to find it so I can, I can read it properly because I don't want to Are you talking uh, about the, the quote that you're using? Yeah, no, the quote. The oh, quote. yeah, that's what I'm looking for right now. Yeah, anyway, it's on my Instagram feed. Um, it'll have it pulled up here in a bit. I'm also part of a, of a group chat. But... All, all these characters, all these, all these things taught me from a young age and, and bestowed upon me important core values, beliefs, and, uh, and, and some influenced my personality even. I mean, granted, yeah, you know, you had your parents who were teaching you right from wrong. Teaching you, or I guess you could say imposing a religion, you know, depending awesome. on what's going on. But... If they're religious... It, yeah, if they're great, granted if they're religious. But again, all of this is stuff that they're imposing on you. With comics, that that's your own personal interpretation. That's your own personal takeaway. And, you know, granted, it, it can't all be innate and, and, and more, but it's just not... Uh, I, still th- it's, I think it's different. So, yeah, what I said is that um, they may not be real, but they taught mm-hmm. me how to care. They taught me how to love. They taught me how to dream, and more importantly, how to live for others, how to seek adventures, to look at life in a different perspective and help me find my real friends. They help me find my own strength. So therefore, they are real to me. And with, with, with each uh, one-shot segment, I, I had like little posts. So obviously, like they may not be real as you're showing, you know, showcasing all the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, just all of them as a whole. But they taught me how to care. The relationship with Thor and Loki, that's honestly a, a realistic depiction of, of siblings. You know, you see in anime or, or movies, these, these perfect or maybe slightly flawed, but in the end, uh, these really positive relationships with your siblings. It was right there. Yeah. Um these relations like uh perfect relationship <clears throat> and the truth is it's not it's not all you know glamour and glory like there there are going to be hard times there are going to be good times there are going to be times where you literally kind of want to kill each other if i'm being <laughs> frank but in the end you you still care about each other and it's it doesn't it, it really brings into an important point and i think this hits home for me is that loki's adopted Thor still thinks of Loki as his genuine brother, even though Loki's adopted. And me being part, me being adopted from a young age, my parents are my parents. I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, granted, some I'm fortunate. Not everybody has the same mindset that I do, but that, that's how I feel. And that's how it is. 
so the conflict between Loki and Thor and how they eventually come to terms with everything that's gone on in their lives and to truly genuine form a, a better bond and love each other I mean that's that's real that's probably as real as it's ever going to get and for a lot of people out there especially if you don't have a sibling that's blood related that's going to teach you and instill a lot in, in your mind in the way you act and the way you think about the world as a whole it's important you can you can have another uh, situation when you're talking about Nebula and Gamora. They don't even like each other. They never wanted to be together. And again, they're they are not blood related. They are both adopted by another person. And it's through that that it teaches you that the true definition of family isn't who you're who you're blood tied to. It, you know you you don't have a, a sense of obligation. It's where your home is and the bonds that you formed. Sometimes your friends even can be more of a family than your actual family is. Which we will get into in later, and I definitely want to touch on it because you and I have different views on family. Of course, yeah. So I definitely want to go there. Uh, when when would you like to bring that up? Actually? Right after this. Okay, okay. This is going to be probably be a minute. Because, I, I don't know, I feel like as I'm going through this, it's also going to like teach a lot, or I guess uh, help people realize a lot of like, why Marvel is so impactful for a lot of people. Damn, this is good coffee. Um... I'm telling you, man, it's, Mexi- it's uh, Mexican brujeria. The funny- witches, they're out there, man. Whew, <laughs> 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 scared. Let's talk about his heart. Um, and and more, one of my favorites, obviously, is uh, Captain Bucky. Their, their brother relationship is actually that of, like, unlike any other, and they're not blood-related. Hell, they're not even adopted, but... They're, they're just two really, really close friends. And I, I draw that parallel with a lot of my... Or especially with one relationship back home. Uh, for me, I never got to have a sister. Steve never had a brother. And I always felt... I mean, well, I do have a sister, but we were separated at birth. And that's a different story. But, um... I was a young age, so I never even remembered her. But I always felt like something was kind of missing, you know? And being able to, I guess, find someone that you really click with. That you just... I don't know, you, just, you kind of click with somebody you want to look after and you want to see them do really good in the world and that would actually be to someone that I feel like was my sister is Elena back home when I met her at the early college. You know, she was my freshman buddy and we knew each other. I knew her since freshman year and she's grown into an outstanding woman. But we had a brother-sister relationship. Honestly, we were we like to dub ourselves the mystery twins because we, we started off watching Gravity Falls and fanboying slash girling about that and we, we felt like we had a bond there and I don't know we just always kind of looked out for each other and stood up for one another and it was like it was definitely like a brother sister relationship and for Steve that's what he has with Bucky you know he's this scrawny kid that's trying to make his way through life thinks he can be more does he have something to prove probably but that's not what he's looking at he just says you know I can do as much as anybody else and Bucky looks out for him you know gives him a place to stay offers any help he can because Steve doesn't expect anything in return it's just it's that bond the bond is so strong that you, know, you really can't break it. Which is very interesting now that you bring that up. Um, coming back to our first podcast, where uh, talking about um, Captain America, right? And we're never shown his family. Even in the comics, Steve's family, and I still. I, I do find that very interesting because you know with Iron Man with uh, Tony Stark like you get to learn about his family you know they're a part of Shield his father, like yeah. you you generally get like a solid background on them for for Steve you don't you really don't get that yeah 
Um, you have to think of that time, though, like, given his age where everything's starting, his family's probably older. Um, and, again, with Howard Stark, he had a lot to do with S.H.I.E.L.D., so they probably also incorporated a bunch about Tony Stark's lineage because of how it pertained to S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything that had progressed it. But, uh, yeah, the only thing that you know is that uh, Steve's father actually walked out on him. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so he never really had a father figure. And as for his mom, they, they, their relationship was very, very strong. Uh, mm-hmm. They were really close. She was heartbroken when Steve had decided to finally go into the military and serve. Granted, she was probably proud as hell of them for being Captain, uh, Captain America. We know Steve's identity. It's just common knowledge. But you, you do see, like, little, you know, shorts here and there about how, you know, he would help out with his mom. Uh, some of their conversations that have, they would talk, you know, stuff here, stuff like that, but you only see, like, a, I think throughout all of comic history, you only see, like, a few images of his mom, and even throughout the whole continuity, uh, Steve only had one photo of his mom, you gotta think of how hard it's gonna be to even get a photo of that yeah, at that, that point, time. because, yeah, at that time, and so, another interesting fact on top of that is that Red Skull actually, when he came back into the fold to, to try to beat Captain Rogers again, he didn't, similar to your whole theory of, um, you know, if you really want to break a man, you throw up things that keep him alive or what he cares about, he destroyed the only photo that Steve had of his mom. Yeah. And that was actually the only time that we saw Steve cry. Which is um, actually very interesting because that's what I... Uh, while you're saying he only has one photo of his mom, and I was thinking, uh, as soon as you said that, the thing that popped into mind was how he had a picture of Peggy. Whenever, and on his compass. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, and it was just like, why... Like, that was another thing, right? <clears throat> how do you think... Okay, what do you think, um, general consent, or consent... Okay, so two things, right? One's gonna be about the picture of Peggy, right? The significance of it. And another thing is, um, how do you think... Uh, Captain America is viewed by the public now, like the like the, like, gen- like the general Marvel fan, you know, like oh, okay. who watches like you know um, that goes out and watch watches at, like just about every single MCU movie or that enjoys them. Like, what do you think their take is on Captain America in con in contrast to the rest of the Avengers? Okay, so uh, do a quick double take. So contrast to the rest of the Avengers, and what was your what was your other question before that? So basically. Um, what you thought about, like, what the general Marvel fan thinks about Steve Rogers and Captain okay. America? Okay, so, like, the two. Okay, that yes. was a good question. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other thing with Peggy. Mm-hmm. So, real real quick, I'll I want to touch, touch on Peggy. Um, I mean, actually, you can also draw a similarity between uh, Peggy and, and uh, Pepper Potts. Is that they, yeah, because you, they saw the person for who they really were. Now, granted, with Pepper Potts, she saw the man beneath, you know, the charade. The, she saw the man beneath the playboy. What he could be. And you know, thankfully, that's what he eventually became. But she also, I kind of waited, in a sense, you know. Didn't, I mean, you didn't, like, you know, wait for him. But, you know, if he ever straightened up, definitely. Like, you know, there, you can even tell at the beginning of the movie that there was that connection. Yeah, of course. And with with Peggy, you know, she loved Steve before he became Captain America. She loved Steve for Steve. Similar to the same thing that Dr. Erkenstein said when he said, um, what matters is in your heart. Yes. Whatever happens today and whatever happens from there on out, promise me that you will not change from the man of who you are. 
And one of his famous quotes is, "I don't want to, I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies." That also carries a tremendous mm-hmm. weight. Like I, I, that was mind-boggling to me, you know. Um, and that again, also when you hear that line in the comics, that's that's also something to consider when you're a kid. You know, you don't have to fight anybody, you don't have to hurt anyone, but you protect the people you care about, of course, whatever the cost. So, pe- again, Peggy saw Steve for Steve, and he loved him. And then you know, just the valor that he had, his ideals everything that he that he stood for and wanted to do the good that he wanted to do that's that was just a bonus and despite everything that they had that their relationship was just strong so yeah when you have when you are never have I guess like a relationship when you're not really physically attractive to women and you know when when women ever notice you more importantly uh that's definitely a really big thing so here you have this man uh now granted you know it's not that big of a deal to him he, he kind of just goes through life because he acknowledges that there are other more important things to do but you know she sees you Pepper saw Tony I, 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 there are definitely like okay, a lot of see, similar comparisons and contrasts that you can do between Captain America and Steve I think that's part of why they have such a like a, like a strong brotherly bond hmm. But, um, yeah, so, basically, I was asking... Oh, yeah, so, touch up, how do you think about how Captain America is viewed by the general Marvel fan? That's the 50-50, and I actually want to say that for Captain America Civil War, actually. Mm. Yeah, because uh, I have a friend uh, uh, on Xbox, or uh, about five dwarves, who we, we debate about this all the time. He's Team Stark, I'm Team, I'm team Cap. Okay. I, I definitely want to give an in, uh, in on here for that one. All right. So that's All actually right. a question I want to I want to save. Interesting. Okay. The only reason I say that is because I wanted to see, like, to bring up the concept, right? If um, Cap's mother was introduced in the film. No, actually. And sure, how no. that would have had like an impact on how people view Cap, because you know beforehand, like, before really getting into it and like watching Captain America, like, oh, it's just you know. A guy who really loves America, like that's what that's what I used to think, right? Because I didn't really know much about Captain America or anything, and then, like, just thinking about it, right, from the perspective of um, a kid growing up in the suburbs and like, say, Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. And if he were to see, you know, him being in a say, okay, so scenario, right? Kid in the suburbs of Kansas with a single mom that walked out on them, kind of similar to Capsule's situation, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's an adolescent freshman in high, in, um, high school. All right. Okay? And I was just thinking, like, if you were to incorporate uh, Captain Cap's mother and the bond that he has with her, and to what he becomes... Well, see, that would just make it more relatable. And that's where it all comes into, man, is relatability. That's why the Marvel community, that's why we as a whole love these characters because they are relatable Spider-Man being the most relatable out of them all um and you can even see after the reactions of Infinity War and beyond it was the passing of Stan Lee we have a genuine connection with these characters and that's only going to increase I mean thankfully they've been able to craft it in such a way honestly they've just been able to craft it in such a way where where, where we're lucky enough to have that Mm -hmm. so um we're hitting like the forty-three minute mark, so I also oh, already. Wanted, yeah, I know. Time, time flies. <laughs> yeah. 
so I want to try to touch on the Incredible Hulk. Okay. Uh, before before we get out of here, because honestly, like we could talk about Captain Tony for days, <sighs> and I I didn't even got to finish like the segment. Oh, no, I'll probably do a separate segment where I talk about like why Marvel is so important to to me and to the community as a whole. Cause I feel like that would definitely make I could easily go off for an hour about that. Oh, uh, we could definitely do that for the. Uh, no, I we could do that. I would I'd say, have to like, say that after Endgame. After Endgame? No, oh, we're definitely doing a Endgame. podcast for Endgame as well. Of course, yeah. Oh, that's the whole reason for this. Ah, uh, I cannot wait. Oh man. So yeah, but um, yeah. So going going with uh, <laughs> going with the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> not the Hulk, by the way. Okay. We don't we don't talk about that. F- funny story, right? The <laughs> oh, this should be good. Thomas bashes. The, the 2003 release of The Hulk Just constantly bashes It's like every time we mention Hulk He's just like no we're not talking about that Just please just ah uh, no Just CGI no we're not We're not messing with that this movie's trash right Guess which one I own <laughs> I don't own The Incredible Hulk The Incredible Hulk But I own the original 2003 adaptation of it Which I still can't I just think it's just, it's, it's just hysterical You know but um, I I just can't get behind it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I really can't. So I mean, like, interestingly enough, that was uh. Oh wait a minute. No, that that has to be. I'm telling you, man. Just see. No, no. I'm trying to think if that was Stanley's first cameo. No wait. No, the, the Tom. No, X Men. So, X Men came out before the. Was, was it X Men? Yeah, X Men came out like. In okay, because I I was debating between X Men, Tobey Maguire, Spider Man, and the 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 Hulk. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to remember. Mm. Interesting thing is that like cameos like weren't even really that that big of a thing about back then. Unless like you were a star, uh, like I mean, act like actors, producers, uh, you know, figure out that they really did that. But for Stan Lee, uh, like like going into X Men, that was actually like his his first one. Uh, and people didn't even fully realize it until they're like, wait a minute, who's? And it was like it was like super quick too. It was like really really quick. You didn't <laughs> fully realize it until like you did a double take of it. I was like, wait a minute, that was Stan Lee. Like, yeah, what is he, what is he doing in here? And then like, it just became like a thing that just kind of happened, especially when they started the MCU. Because actually, uh, Stan Lee actually originally wanted to be an actor, as well. So that was like a, like a little way for him to live his dream. Now, I also got to point out. Imagine how much more movie. <laughs> and Stan Lee said this at a, at, a, at a conference too, which I find hysterical, but. I believe his uh, exact words were, could you imagine how much better DC would do if I was in one of their movies? People oh wouldn't believe it. They would God. have to go and see the DC movie <laughs> just to see if it was true or not. And it's so, it's so true. It's so true. So, well, that's another thing, too, is that like, even when uh, Stan was starting his his uh, comics, he had like a little a little uh, section at, and, and towards the end that was like a discussion panel. Uh, I, I forget what the actual title of it was. I think it was like Talks with Stan or something. But, oh, that's right. I remember him saying yeah. his name. Or so, something box. I think it was something box. But, like, just, just again, establishing that sense of community. DC never had that. If you think about it, who who do you think of as a figurehead for DC? Batman. But, like, uh, like person-wise. Bruce Wayne. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> no, like... Le- legitimately, that's the first thing I oh, think of uh, yeah. when it comes to DC, just but like, Batman. But, like, not many people... Like some people would say Zack Snyder, Snyder because okay. of the movies he's made, but, like, how much do we really know about him? Like, or how, how much is, uh, is it publicized? Like, with Stan, like, he's, he's got the charisma and everything else to back it up. But, yeah, getting back on topic, I, I bashed the original Hulk because, uh, yes, the CGI was terrible. 
I just think the the like the Incredible Hulk movie itself was significantly just it was it was written a lot better. Okay. So like I I never saw like the original Hulk. I mean I well I did but like, I didn't see it until after the Incredible Hulk. So in my mind I was comparing the two. So I mean maybe like older older generation fans might say it wasn't that bad. You know granted what they had at the time. Um. I'm telling you, man, just seeing Hulk just tank a freaking shell from a tank, it's just, and then like, oh, really? And then just picking up the top of the tank, using it as a baseball bat, man. Like, I was eight, and I thought that was amazing. Well, I mean, I'm, you, you, you started off with Hulk, didn't you? Yeah. That was the first um, Marvel-related movie I've ever Interesting. Watched. Or, I could, no, you could debate it. Who's your Marvel character, then? I'm saving that for later. What are you saving that for later? I'm saving it for later. Well, what do you want later? Like a different podcast? Yeah. Or why? Because we're already, you know, we're already towards the end time. I just don't want to get off onto a whole argument slash side tangent. I mean, I won't get off an argument. I'll save that for a different podcast. But, <laughs> I mean, we got a little bit. We can go a little over. Um, the favorite Marvel character, comics, uh, movies? Uh, movie-wise and comic-wise. Uh, MCU movies? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, and just any Marvel movie, because I mean, Spider-Man for me, even though like he wasn't introduced until later. So. Of course, of course. Um, well, I would have to say, favorite Marvel character for the comics would have been um, Deadpool. Okay. And favorite Marvel um, character for the movies would have to been um, <laughs> would have to be Spider-Man. All right. I remember, okay. No, I was just curious about something. I, I was, remember I was curious. Vividly, as a kid, I used to always have like Spider-Man figurines, like just little ones that are just like oh, you know, me too. plastic. Me too. Um, you know, Tom Holland Spider-Man. I watched Spider-Man two at least twenty times within my life. Within my Did life. Did you just say Tom Holland Spider-Man? You mean Tom mm-hmm. Spider-Man? Sorry, my bad. Get, get out, get out, get out, get out of my room. You know, you're fucking, you're fucking out of this. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> I get, I get actually. Now, that's what. That's how, that's how insignificant I think celebrities are at times. I don't even remember their fucking names. You know, Except the funny Chris, part of that? Chris Evans, he's a god. Well, the funny part of that? I didn't start memorizing actors' names until I started watching the MCU films. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being so serious. I think the first one that I had memorized was Tobey Maguire, and then after that, like, after Iron Man came out, I was just like, oh, Robert Downey Jr., oh, Jeremy Renner, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans. <laughs> Not gonna lie, first actor name Mark I Ruffalo. ever... First, like. <laughs> first actor's name I ever uh, memorized was Vin Diesel. Because, <laughs> I mean, I he's agree. just got the bald head, the iconic, the iconic voice, like, I can't even fucking mimic it, but, like, I am grouped. No, and also, because that was uh, my mother's uh, man crush. For oh, the longest time, she's just like all oh, those big muscles and <laughs> no, that but yeah, oh, that's gosh. why I remember that. Um, interesting. Oh, that's actually very interesting. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> I'm still processing. But no, um, actually, I thought it was kind of interesting how. Wait, were you continuing off of a? Um. Relating back to the, the Incredible Hulk, I just thought it was interesting how they started it off. You know, um, although I do I do say it kind of takes me out of um, being emerged, considering they changed actors. Yeah, which I never I never fully got. I actually personally like the actor for the Incredible Hulk. Hmm. I mean, I, I definitely think Mark Ruffalo is better, but 
I I never had and I, okay. I think he was really better to like to incorporate into the MCU as a whole. I think that's part of why you change actors because you know you have actors that are for one shots and actors that are you know when you're incorporating like an actual group of people or like a community. But um, yeah, no, I, I never really had any any will towards the actor in Incredible Hulk. I thought he was really good, and I really like how they did it because they really emphasized the importance and the value that Bruce Banner had on trying to stay without an incident. I, lo- I love the little things they did with the incident count, by the way. I thought that was incredible. I, I kind of... Uh, like, uh, at the beginning of the movie, they, they do days without incident, like, 381 or something Okay, like I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see. Okay, I, okay. Right. And then, like, afterwards, like, the, the first time he transforms, it's like, days without incident, zero. It's just like, damn. I don't know, it just like, it really, like, puts a weight on it. <clears throat> and, like, it goes through him, like, literally learning how to stay calm, learning, you know, techniques. Like, that was more realistic for me. Than, than seeing what Mark Ruffalo does with the Hulk now. I mean, it's still really good, don't get me wrong. I mean, he does a great job of emphasize, emphasizing the science part of Banner. Like, that, like that right. is on point, without a doubt. And, like, the whole thing where he learns how to control the Hulk and bring it out of will, also, like, very true, without a doubt. But, like, in uh, an animated series and, like, older comics, I mean, when Hulk was Bruce Banner, Banner was exactly as he was portrayed in the first Incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. Like, not wanting to turn in. Like, he was afraid of hurting the people around him. I mean, it's only now that Hulk is able to do good. And so, like, learning, uh, actually, like, a, like a small amount of martial arts to redirect people and just to, like, get away. Like, he really did not want to overexert himself more than necessary uh, for the sake of those around him, which I thought was very noble. I mean, like, just the breath technique, I mean, I don't know why that's so important to me. Maybe it's because, like, we do martial arts, and I, I, yes. I, t- I tell you, I emphasize the value of breath control and like, what you can do with it. Like, bringing your heart rate down within, like, a couple of seconds. And I don't know how realistic that part is. It might be. I could see it. But, like, bringing, like, like seeing, like, the heart, the heart rate monitor. Like, seeing it push, like, 195, like, almost oh, to 200. Shoot. And then like, him having to, like, bring that back down. Like, that that was realistic. Like, you never see him being, like, in a tense situation anymore. And granted, he's probably, you know, conditioned for it. But, I mean, that, that was just so accurate. Um, the, him, like, kind of, like, being behind the driver as, like, as a passenger. Well, Hulk is acting out, like, when he described that, um, when he's talking to Betty, that's also just, like, really, really accurate, and, and again, when him and Betty are getting intimate and about to have sex, and you hear the heart rate monitor go off, you realize that it genuinely impacts his life, not just how he's been living, but if he wants to have an intimate relationship or do anything else, like, it, it genuinely impacts that, like, you can't go out and exercise normally without having that worry. You can't have any type of physical intimacy without that worry. Like, that's a different type of thing that you can't really condition yourself for. So. Because that's more so a psychological impact. And, like, yeah. I mean, if you really think about, like, for Banner to be able to and he can't have kids. Compose himself? Like, to keep himself composed to the point where, you know, he can't overexert himself or get too emotional like I he would have had to I don't think he would have had to dull his senses but I think he must have at least have very good control some type of mental block or not his senses and emotions I should say yeah like have a mental block over his emotions like he has to have a very good understanding of his emotions and himself and just to be able to do that not a lot of people can do that honestly like that is that's even something like um even now I almost have trouble with is um, just being able to control your own your own emotions, understanding your emotions, why they come from where they do, and I think it's, it's tough. actually very yeah. I think it's very incredible what 
Banner had to do in order to become the Hulk and to become, you know, because I feel like a lot of people, well, at least this is what I think, right? I could be completely wrong because I don't know what everybody thinks. <laughs> but okay, I would God. I would like to <laughs> I think that the public's interpretation or the um majority interpretation of the Hulk is just a mindless, you know, um hunk of muscle. And like Banner is just really? a scientist. Yeah. Like I honestly think that's what most people think of whenever they think of the Hulk. Oh, like yeah, he's cool, but like he's just, you know, uh, I'm the Hulk and I just go fuck shit up. It's interesting you say that because I I've I mean, for Marvel fans, it's definitely going to be different. Mm-hmm. But, like, stereotypically, I would say that's actually more of a mindset for the men. For the women, they actually heavily sympathize with it. Interesting. Yes. Um, I remember talking to, like, Catherine, again, uh, Destiny back home, but, like, uh, Liz, like, oh, well, my friends back home and everything else. No, they, they see him for the scientists and that the Hulk is misunderstood. Yeah. I, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. I don't fucking understand women. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's actually very surprising. Um, All right. Because I would think, you know, the because I would you or I would say I would think that when you first hear of the Hulk, you don't automatically connect that with Banner. Oh no, 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 that's definitely understandable. So, which is why I say, you know, I would think that the majority of the people would say that, oh yeah, Hulk is just yeah. a big hunk Which of is also where I have to give Mark Ruffalo more credit. He's definitely, again, oh. emphasizing that, that science point of Banner. Like, granted, the Hulk has been useful, and, you know, there's a lot of comedic relief from Thor Ragnarok, and he's like, oh no, man, like, I, you're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk is my favorite. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, um... Sun's going down. Sun's going down. Sun's getting real low. But, um... Yeah, like, he, he really does, like, put Banner to use. Like, he helps, like, with the creation of Vision, tracking down the Tesseract, finding solutions to like, everything that they're doing. Like, he, he really does come in helpful and handy, like, where it's needed. And it's just, it, it's it's honestly amazing. Like, I, I mean, I granted, I didn't have, I'm going to draw a quick parallel of DC here. Don't don't hate me forever. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to draw a parallel of Aquaman. Not a lot of people... Also, my other background noise. We're in a college campus. It can't be helped. I apologize. <laughs> um, but um, with Aquaman, you know, a lot of people literally just think of him as like Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. I can't control the fish. <laughs> but in reality, he's like fought gods, and he's single-handedly has taken down the Justice League, or sorry, subdued the Justice League, like when they were being like mind controlled and like other. Like, he's significantly power, powerful. His attacks actually can hurt Superman because his trident is technically a magical artifact. Exactly. Not many people realize that. Like, he, he has a lot of uses, and he's actually a faster swimmer than Superman. Okay. So, like, when it, it's actually interesting. Like, when it comes to flying, Superman's the fastest. When it comes to swimming, Aquaman's the fastest. And Barry's on foot. Exactly. Yeah. I find that very interesting. So, um, it's just, it's just weird. And, like, it's not that he can command fish, like, he can command, like, primordial beasts that were thought extinct or of just myth and legend. Like, I'm being dead ass. Like, the fucking Megalodon? Yeah, you just see like, a Megalodon. There, right. there was a point, like, a Justice League scene where he literally just commands, like, uh, like a weird, um, like, mythical version of the Megalodon to, like, come out of the fucking earth and just, like, engulf, like, this whole army. And it's just like, god damn. Like it, it, and like he controls the kraken. Like kraken. It, it's just insane. It, it really is. Like he can heal with water. He he can do so much. And his powers are amplified with water, 
Um, he has like he's Atlantean, so like he doesn't need to be around around water to 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 release his to be like a formidable foe. Like if he if he's like near water, like in his element, yeah, like without a doubt, he's significantly more powerful. But he's not just useless. I mean, he knows Atlantean combat. That's a completely different style of martial arts that. No, I don't even think Bruce knows. I feel like at that point it would have been a loss to the world because, you know, kind of like the whole thing with ninjutsu mm-hmm. and how there's one more grandmaster and literally refuses to teach anybody else because he thinks that no one else is willing to take up the um, uh, the ideals of the martial arts. Because a martial art isn't just fighting, it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle. Exactly, which is another reason why I like Incredible Hulk, because he used that to his advantage, especially when he was trying to avoid conflict. Which is another thing I admire. Um, and, and furthermore, another point, like, with the whole thing that blew your mind with Hulk, is that um, I remember being in the theater watching uh, Age of Ultron, and yeah. Hulk was manipulated to, like, go into, you know, the, the town and, you know, wreck havoc and distract the Avengers and whatnot, and, like, right before he's knocked out, like, after the fight, uh, I guess because of, like, either the pounding he's taking or, like, fighting with Tony or whatever, I, I don't know if it's that or head trauma or the magic is starting to wear off, but, like, he, he wakes up and looks around and, like, his face, like, drops from being angry. Like, he looks at the destruction around him and I think that, like, after Hulk has been used for missions and has been used to be doing good, like, he's starting to, to build his own persona now that he's being out more. Because you have to think that technically Hulk hasn't aged. So, like, even in uh, Ragnarok, he's only, like, like a kid still. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah, because now that you know, like, his speech was getting developed, he was actually able to talk. He wasn't just exactly. That's why he was probably angry all the time, because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. So, he sees that, and he sees all this destruction, and his face just drops, because he realizes that this is probably wrong. Like, he's hurting people. This isn't what he wants to do anymore. Unless they're hurting the people he cares about, or he's been instructed to do so. Which is interesting, because, you know, you'll see in uh, Ragnarok, like, he enjoys the atmosphere. Yeah. Compared to, like, you know, whenever he was actually hurting people, but what do you think, you know, is different? Uh, The fact that fighting is a sport, but also that he has a Valkyrie who's his first friend. Exactly. And so, like, you've got that... And, um, like, people's reaction during Ragnarok, people, like, the, especially the women's reaction during that scene of Age of Ultron, like, there was a gasp. And, like, I remember Destiny was, like, shaking me going, poor Bruce. Like, they didn't say poor Hulk, they said poor Bruce. Uh, I remember, um, when I was, back when I was dating, uh, Morgan, uh, it was a similar thing. Like, it was, it was actually the exact same thing. Uh, like, she, she, they really connected with Bruce, but they also acknowledged the Hulk was another persona, but they saw him as a more, like, again, misunderstood monster that had a lot of potential and just just had a lot of bad shit happen to him. So Interesting enough, do you think that the Hulk will make an appearance in... Oh, he's, he's totally making an appearance in Endgame. With that, the Hulk, oh, the, look, Hulk and Captain Marvel are going to absolutely kick the living shit out of Thanos' ass before Ant-Man can get to it. Oh, man. (laughs) Before Ant-Man literally gets into his ass. Heart, I'm telling you, man. That's that's the... the, the (laughs) What was it? One of the Russo brothers ended up tweeting out. I think it was an interview where it was like... Oh, this should be good. They were inter... I forgot who was interviewing them. Him. I forgot which one it was which uh, brother was, but um, they asked him, um, well, right now there's a popular theory 
um, in Endgame saying that Ant-Man is just going to go into Thanos' ass and just <laughs> expand. <tears> it up. <laughs> and, yes. and, and, and they ask, um, is, is that true or what's the plausibility? Or, yeah, is that what happens? And then he said, no, but I wish we would have thought about it. <laughs> And then just to just to make it official, they ended up changing the Twitter their Twitter oh um, my God. Twitter photo too. Yeah, it was a Venn diagram that was purple with Thanos, Thanos and Ant Man in the middle. <laughs> oh, oh, I dude. thought that was just. That but see, good. then it got turned around with a different meme because then they said, "See, the real the first meme was oh you know Ant Man's gonna do that, but what happens when reality is whatever Thanos chooses it to be." And instead, uses a space stone to hold Ant-Man still while he uses reality to make himself smaller than Ant-Man and then expand inside of his ass. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Reality is whatever I want it to be. Jesus. It's a simulation inside of a simulation inside (laughs) of a simulation. God damn. No, um, that's actually very interesting. No, actually, um, I remember bringing that up to you, um... I forgot when I brought it up to you, but it was, uh... <laughs> what if Thanos literally construed everything as just, you know, um, the reality stone? Yeah, but see, I, I feel that'd be contradictory, though, because if he knows that that's not what actually happened, then that would contradict his moral of actually having a balanced universe. So. But everybody but thought that it happened. Yeah, and, but it's still fake. I mean, that, that, yeah. leads, that leads to the whole thing. Would you rather be... You know, lied to and happy, or know the truth and be miserable. Listen, we're not getting into this, Chris. We're already, we're already four minutes over. <laughs> You're not getting into this rabbit hole that we get to every single oh. fucking time. Uh, the, the debates that we have, it, I relish it. I relish it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we're we're hitting a uh, minute and five. So, uh, any any closing remarks, statements, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to see the incredible. <laughs> No, that's, that's my closing remark. Okay, bud. Yeah. Well, you saw most of it. I part. Uh, about You're like halfway through. You're gonna finish it tonight. Most likely. I, I already rewatched it. I've seen it enough times, but we did watch Iron Man. Yes. That's official. <laughs> way to way to way to go like that, man. Oh yeah, you know. But I mean, um, I'm telling you, Thomas, you you have to establish credibility. Let me stroke. In. <laughs> I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop there. I can easily <laughs> re-break your finger. And then you, then you try to fight back, and I would just squeeze it. I wouldn't even have to. I could just touch it, and you'd be like, "Whistle for me, Chris. I want you to fucking whistle." And you won't be able to whistle because you're gonna be screaming. I can't whistle whatsoever, Thomas. We talked about this. Exactly, rolling double disadvantage on a d20. Oh man, the okay. odds are ever in my favor. <laughs> um, but yeah, the last thought of the night is. Contrary to what I have heard from a lot of people, I personally liked Incredible Hulk. I don't think it was that bad of a movie, and it established decent continuity. It originally wasn't counted, but they 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 fixed that along 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 the lines. So anyway, that is right. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I will say is uh, it kind of just takes out the immersion, just how they changed the actor. That's really my only complaint so far. But um, we will bring it up the next podcast that we make and address it fully after I've seen it and have gotten a better without a doubt uh, let me just double check something real quick oh snap I was right alright well that said it is officially 19 days until no. endgame 
It is April 7th, and it premieres oh April 26th, 19 days until the premiere event game. Save up your money. Make sure you get bring all your snacks. I'm not endorsing that you buy them from a third-party source and bring it to the movie theater, but we are at the same time. Never mind. Disregard that to the NSA agent listening. This is Tom Foolery <laughs> with T&K.